Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Amen. What a powerful time in worship. We're so blessed. Amen. God is good. Well, good morning, Horizon West Church. For those who don't know, my name is Edin Botero. I oversee our movement students here at Horizon West Campus. And we're excited to get into the Word of God this morning. You're probably wondering, like, yo, did this guy really wear a tie-dye shirt (laughs) to church? Yes, I did, because it is a shameless plug. (laughs) Next Wednesday for our midweek service, we're having a tie-dye party uh, with our students. Uh, We did this last year. And it was was an awesome time for us to really just kind of connect and as well just to have fun, man. You know, this wasn't just for the 70s. This is a classic style, guys. It's not going away, right? So we're going to be meeting at 6 p.m. next Wednesday here at Horizon West uh, High School. Uh, So it's super um, awesome. It'll be on the other side of the campus, uh, the 400 building. Um, You can email me, edinbotero at horizonwestchurch.com for more information on that or just even being updated with events and things that we're doing. Uh, We're excited. It's our last midweek of the month, so it's going to be awesome. So that explains the shirt, so you guys understand that now. (laughs) But I'm excited to get into the teaching this morning. I was just really praying and asking the Lord, man, Lord, what's something that we could really encourage, I I could really encourage the the community, and we really feel like you're leading me. And I felt God was saying just the encouragement to um, walk in our inheritance, the importance for us as believers to walk in our inheritance. And I know, like, you know, if you were to ask Pastor Chris or any of the speakers here, that is, like, a, a big, hefty thing to say, right? So, like, how do you break walking in your inheritance in 20 to 30 minutes, right? Like, that's a lot. So I'm just going to highlight a few aspects of it, kind of look through the Old and New Testament scriptures and, and just some key focus points that I felt the Lord was just wanting to encourage us as a community. So we're just going to dive into scripture in a few minutes. But I wanted to take a quick poll, um, you know. I'm not a huge TV watcher, uh, but I do watch some TV. Mainly, um, my love language is quality time. So when I do watch TV, I'm watching it with my boys or with my family. So we watch a lot of anime and cartoon shows. Um, But um, I wanted to uh, ask, raise your hand if you're a binge watcher. Right? It's okay. No shame. No shame in the house of the Lord. It's all good, right? So yeah, some of us can watch through a whole series, you know, like give us a, a week and man, like, like we're watching a show that has over a thousand episodes and it feels like it's taking forever because we're drip watching it. But if we were to binge it, we'd probably finish it relatively fast. But I think, you know, when we think about these TV shows and these movies, if we kind of ask ourselves, why? Why are we so engaged in these things? I believe it's because the storylines are so captivating, right? Like it's, if it's uh, an exciting situation, if it's a topic we relate to, or maybe there's a character we resonate with, we're like, man, that character, I see myself in that character. You know, and I, I love to, to think about that. Even for me, um, I love the shows or movies where you almost forget that it's a show or a movie, right? Like it's just so convincing. Like I'm the kind of person, to, I'm like literally yelling at the screen, like don't go in that room, you know? We're like, what are you doing? What's happening? You know, I'm like, I can't believe this. And, and I was uh, kind of t- telling my boys too, like that's why I kind of prefer the drip method because that's how we got it. You know, growing up, how many of y'all remember Saturday morning cartoons, right? And so I remember like, Man, I'd, I'd watch some of the TV shows 
and it'd be like, find out next time on Dragon Ball. I'm like, what do you mean next time? I have to wait a whole week before I see what happens next? You know, and it's just like, I would get so caught up in the storyline, talking about it with my friends. And I had this, this kind of this thought had me thinking, I was like, man, I don't know if we realize it as believers, but there's a cloud of witnesses in heaven. Hebrews 12 verse 1 talks about a cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on in this race that we're on. I can almost imagine, using the imagination that God gave us, they're cheering us on, they're championing us saying, keep running this race. You know, and so I want to, when, when I'm talking about today, we're going to lay some scriptures to have some foundation. But when I talk about inheritance, I want to talk about legacy. I want to talk about heritage, right? Even for me, uh, my parents are brought in Columbia, and I'm very proud of that. You know, without Columbia, man, y'all wouldn't have good coffee. That's just, it's just the reality of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank y'all for laughing, man. That was awesome. I'm encouraged by it. But, you know, like, I'm, I'm joking. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, I think all of us, if we had, a, we, we're, we're from a different country, or even here in America, I'm proud to be an American as well. And, man, like, there's so many things that we're just like, man, this is my heritage. This is my inheritance. And we're so, so excited to represent that. And I think even as us as believers, it's important for us to even begin to understand our legacy, the, the storyline that God is writing and how we play a role in that as well. I kind of want to look at this word since I'm going to be kind of saying inheritance a lot throughout this teaching. I want to give a little context to what I mean when I say this. So by definition, an inheritance is something that is or may be received as one's portion, as if by succession from predecessors. Property pass at the owner's death to the heir or those entitled to succeed. Legacy, portion, birthright, heritage. So when I'm using these phrases, inheritance or walking in our inheritance, this is the idea that I'm talking, that there is literally generation from generation passed down of biblical truth that we get to engage in this inheritance. So we have a part to play in this storyline. And I want to read a few scriptures. Like I said, we're going to be looking at Old and New Testament. So kind of track along with me. We'll have some of the scriptures on on the screen. I'm going to read out of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to lay to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be, blessed, so you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is powerful. You know, I want to look at the other scripture, but this is amazing to think. First of all, God directly is talking to Abram, right? And Abraham, Abram, soon to be Abraham, is a patriarch of the faith. Um, God is, is saying that through your family, the whole earth is going to be blessed, and, and the thing that I want to, when we consider these scriptures, this isn't exaggeration, right? This is, or, or this isn't poetic language. This is language that God is making a covenant with humanity. And he's saying this to Abram. He's like, all the families will be blessed on the earth. So we're going to come back and explore that scripture a little bit more. I want to look to First uh, Peter chapter 2. They even sung about it in verses 9 through 10. So I'm like, oh, this is so cool. We're going to start at verses 4 and 5. It says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. This is speaking of, of God's people. We are chosen and precious. Verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, 
to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And we're going to skip down to verse 9 and 10. If you're following along in your Bibles, and it says, But you are a chosen race, a holy, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but, you, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here... We're looking at this portion of scripture, Old and New Testament, and we're seeing this heritage, this legacy, this birthright that we have as believers when we come to Christ, right? And even us, right? A lot of these uh, promises, for example, with Abraham in Genesis 12, we see that God's making this covenant. We see it's, it's walked out through Israel and God makes covenants with Israel, both in Old and New Testament. But even in 1 Peter, we could see that. I love it how it's said in verse 10. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. So us Gentile nations are coming into this inheritance. We're grafted in to the family of God. Even I was uh, talking with Pastor Chris about this, and I love how in Psalms 19, he was telling me, that, that, like the psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. In verse uh, 9, we saw that in First Peter, it says that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. So where am I getting at? Our first point I feel like that I felt the Lord was highlighting is in our inheritance, we are called to proclaim God's goodness. Proclaiming God's goodness. This is a part of us as believers. This is our, uh, a portion that we have in our inheritance to walk out. This wasn't just to a specific group of people, but all of us, when we come to Christ, we can, we can proclaim the goodness of God in our lives. And I love how we saw there in verses 9 through 10, it says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into light. This is, a test, this is our testimony, that we were once slaves to sin. We were once lost in our transgressions, and God deliver us. That is such a powerful truth, that the whole world can truly be blessed by this reality. I don't know if you realize that. I, I think we do realize that, right? As, as, as kids, as students, as, as young adults, and even as adults, we have friends or people that we know where they're just longing to be free from anxiety, from depression, from fear. And for some reason, they hang around us and they're like, why are you always so happy? Why, are you have, why do you have a positive mood? Let me proclaim the goodness of God. Let me tell you what he did in my life. When we begin to do this, we're entering into that storyline that God is writing. We're walking as believers out this legacy in which the vehicle that God will bless the whole earth. And I want to highlight a point about that in Genesis chapter 12. There's some interesting language that God was using, right? He wasn't just saying, hey, Abraham, you're an amazing person. I love your leadership. I love your family. So because you're so amazing, I'm going to bless you. That's not what was said. He said, I, God, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. God doing this work through humanity. And this is a, a beautiful picture, again, for us as believers, that we get to partner with God in what he wants to do on the earth. So us, as we're stepping out in faith and believing for him to move, I started thinking about this, and it made me think of my nephew. How many of y'all have any nephews or nieces in your families? I have a nephew, he's, three, he's about to turn three. Beautiful kid, one of the most beautiful kids you see, blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'll tell you what, he's in that stage where he absolutely loves dinosaurs. How many of y'all you know what I'm talking about? 
right? So he loves dinosaurs to the point where like, you know, if he's playing with dinosaurs, I kind of check him and I'm like, hey, what's this dinosaur called? That's a bronchiosaurus. And just, just to think about that, a three-year-old saying that, I'm getting tripped up even thinking about bronchiosaurus. Am I saying that right? And he's just, oh yeah, that's a Tyrannosaurus rex. That's a Triceratops. And I'm listening to him say all these things. And sometimes I would, I would test them to, is he just like randomly saying the name of the dinosaur? Does he really know this, you know? And so I'll point to a dinosaur that I know the name of. Like, is this, what, what's this? That's a Stegosaurus. And I'm like, how does, like, that's amazing. A three-year-old kid. And, and, and for me, I'm convinced. Like, he's not doing this to be like, oh, I just got a bunch of information. I'm about to impress a bunch of adults, right? Like he's just like, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna surprise you all with all my knowledge that I have. Like I'm convinced that's not his motivation, right? And, and I know that because I've seen my kids, even they've, they've gone through phases like that where they just memorize and learn these things. And kind of a common denominator that I noticed is what is he beholding? He's watching TV shows, right? Wild Kratts or Dinosaur Train, right? And he's learning about these dinosaurs and he's learning about their habitats, their lives, the type of dinosaurs they are. And he's, he's, he's reflecting and he's thinking, there's a creature that's three stories tall, that's 12 school buses long, right? And he's just completely fascinated in awe of this creature, this dinosaur. And he's just like, man, I'm so in awe of this. I have to tell everybody about it. I'm so excited to tell people about this dinosaur, right? That we even try, like, we showed him the new, um, or it's not new, it's probably like a month old now, um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And guess what his favorite character is, right? The dinosaur, Bowser. <laughs> and his favorite song is Peaches, which you guys probably are all done with that song, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but he loves these dinosaurs, man. And, and, and for me, it's like, man, even us as believers, what are we beholding? What are we gazing? Right? If, if, if we don't have, if we're saying like, I really don't have nothing to proclaim. No, let's, let's fix our gaze on Jesus. Let's, 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 let's go back to that place where we were in awe and wonder, where even where King David, I love this, in, in, in Psalms 27, verse 4, he, he says this phrase. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is amazing. Again, like I, when I read this, I'm thinking of like, okay, right, this is a leader, not just a leader, but in the time for practical sense, like the president of the United States, right? And he's like, more than being the president of the United States, more than being a king of a nation, more than being a warrior, more than doing all these extravagant things, I just want to sit at the feet of Jesus. I just want to gaze and consider his works. I love how he says it. To, to inquire in your temple, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. It's not just like, just like imagining what God looks like, but it's thinking about from generations, what is he doing? What has he done? And what does he desire to do? Right? And when we begin to live from that place where we're really, we're not just serving a fairy tale God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like this, I'm telling you right now, this generation, they don't want to know about the fairy tale God. What is God doing now? Right? And I believe we have stories, we have testimonies that we can share and see God moving and doing things. But we have to, we have to gaze. We ourselves have to begin to, to behold. And when we behold, we have the confidence to proclaim. And I love it. It's God doing this work. He's raising up a priesthood. He's raising up a holy nation. We are his people. 
And again, I love this idea. Again, so he's not just saying like Israel alone. You know, he says, I'll make you a great nation. I love to think about it. Right now, we are the people of God. Amen? In this room, we are the people of God. We are the church. We're in a high school, but we are the church. Amen? So when we see that in scripture where it says, my people, he's not talking about just limited to a group or a building, but us being those vessels that that he's, uh, who, who are partnering with the Lord. And I was kind of talking with the youth and, and thinking about this idea. And I, I remember my generation growing up, we would used to have songs where we'd be like, Lord, use me, you know, use me, whatever the songs are like, just fill me. And we'd sing all these songs. And I was thinking about, I'm like, it, it was beautiful and it's cool to think about, but that's not the nature of our God. Like God doesn't want to use us. And you hear what I'm saying when I say this. Um, a lot of times people have the tendency to think of God as like, God, use me okay, you're done using me, now he moves on to the next person, right? Like, like we're a thing that when he finishes using us, he's done with us. And that's not the nature of the God that we serve. We serve a God who's looking for individuals who would partner with him, who would link arms. And we see that through generation. We see that time and time again through the scriptures, that God is searching for individuals who would partner with his heart, partner with his desire. And as we do that, we are walking out the promise and covenant that he made to Abraham of blessing the nations. And it's the Lord bringing the resource, the Lord bringing the increase, and the Lord doing the work. And such a, for me, I was thinking about this, I'm like, man, I believe the Lord is wanting just even just to remind us of this reality. And I started thinking about it. Maybe your teacher said a phrase like this, or or this exact phrase. Um, My teacher used to say a phrase like this, the faintest pencil is better than the sharpest memory. Have you ever heard that? Something like that. The faintest pencil is better than the sharpest memory. Kind of meaning like, you know, like even for me. So I was the I was a trouble kid. I was the the bad student in school. And Jesus had to, get, to pull me out of the fire, right? And um, for me, I was that, that know-it-all personality. So I was like, I don't need to write my homework. I remember, yeah, it's this one. And I, I'll look it up in the chat. We're in chapter two, right? Okay, we're good. You know, and, and I wouldn't pay attention. I wouldn't take the notes. When it comes time to homework, I'm like, oh, what were we supposed to do again? <laughs> and it, it caused my decline in my schoolwork because I didn't apply the wisdom that uh, my teacher gave of like, hey, it's a simple thing. Just take notes. <laughs> if you take notes, you can reference your notes, right? And, and man, it just, I feel like this is, we have the scriptures to look at these notes of reflecting of saying, man, this is truths of what God did for them. I know He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We can trust his leadership in our lives. And some of us, maybe we've been on mission for so long, right? We've been on this journey and just we kind of lost sight of the wonder and beauty of Jesus. And when I think about this, it makes me think of of just the the, the boldness to trust, to let go and to start afresh. I love um, thinking about Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. God calls him out. There's this you know, a lot going on. They see Jesus walking on the water in the distance. And Peter's like, Jesus, this is you. Call me out to walk on the water. So he walks on the water and he's stepping out. But then he's, right, his natural mind comes in. He's like, oh my gosh, there's waves, there's winds. And he starts to sink and he starts to drown. And, and people kind of look at that and they're like, oh, pff, look at Peter, he failed, right? Oh, he messed up. And I'm like, dude, he walked on water. <laughs> like, like Peter walked on water. Yes, he started to sink for sure. But when's the last time we trusted God like that? Right? When's the last time that we were like, man, Lord, if this is you, lead me and I'll go. Like, I I can think of examples of people in my life, even uh, Pastor William and others, where, man, they're they're feeling the Lord leading them. And they step out in faith and trust. 
and they're partnering with God and what he wants to do in, in impacting a generation. With our, uh, moving into our, our next point, I want us to consider when, when we're thinking about inheritance, right? When we're thinking about legacy, what God has called us into, this marvelous light, this journey that we're on. In our inheritance as believers, we are called to be peacemakers. Awesome. And, and I want to read a couple scriptures talking about that. Reading out of the Sermon on the Mount. My movement students, where's the Sermon on the Mount? If you could tell me, Matthew. Uh, there's some here. They said Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I heard them, man. But I say this a lot. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Sermon on the Mount for me is one of my paramount pictures. I just like to camp there a lot of times. I'm camping at, um, when I'm looking at scripture, I just kind of see here. This is literally, again, I'm fascinated with this because it's Jesus' sermon notes. There's awesome, um, the gospels are all amazing, but this is one of the clearest expressions of, of Jesus' teaching. And I want to look at a few scriptures in chapter 5 here, verses 5 through 9. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And again, I just want to highlight, this isn't the Lord using poetic language. This is God, Jesus, the Son of God, declaring this, this reality. He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, or they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So here's again this idea. There's a, there's a, there's a blessing involved when we step into this role to walk as peacemakers. I want to look at another scripture, and I want to look at how these work together. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made to all people, for kings and all who are in high position, that you may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. When I was reading that scripture in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus addresses and he says, blessed are the peacemaker for they shall be called sons of God. I think it's interesting. Jesus didn't say peacekeepers. He said peacemakers. Right? Those two words, those two titles, they can sound similar, right? They're like peacekeeper, someone who's keeping the peace, or someone who's making the peace. Peacemaker, right? And when I think about peacemaker, man, sometimes in order to make peace, there has to be something that disrupts a little bit. It may, it may disrupt a little bit. Or it may be a process that's been going on. It may be a difficult process, but you're contending and you're pressing in to make peace, right? And this is realities I feel like the Lord is wanting to bring us into. I think of math, my favorite subject in school. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't my favorite subject. <laughs> math is not my favorite subject. It's my son's favorite subject, but it's not mine. And I remember we learned this thing called PENDOS. How I many of y'all remember PENDOS? Or please excuse my dear Aunt Sally's, as I was taught. <laughs> Parentheses, exponents, division, multiplication, addition, subtraction. Anyways, so it was a formula in order to, like, in order to solve certain problems, you had to apply this formula. When you apply this formula, you got the answers to what you were looking for in the problem. But the thing is, as amazing as that formula is, that formula doesn't work for everything, right? So you can take um, portions of it or aspects of it, but it doesn't work for all areas of math, right, for the most part. 
I think about that a lot of times as peacemakers. What does it look like for us to bring peace? And, and we looked at 1 Timothy 2, and we saw that God was telling him, hey, I urge them, or through scripture, Paul was, was urging Timothy, and he says, I urge that supplication, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people. So try not to look at that as like a formula of like, oh, we got to first do supplication, right? after supplication, then we'll go to prayer. Like, that's not how it works. In our, in our application, right, how do, we, how do we apply this? Like I was saying with PENDAS, that works for certain formulas, but it doesn't work for all uh, formulas. So in the same way as believers, what, what situations are we in where, we're, where God is calling us to bring peace, to make peace, how can we apply some of these truths in order to do this? And we see it in, in the scripture. It says that they may lead a peaceful and quiet life. When we apply the truths in these scriptures, we can bring peace. We can make peace through intercession, through prayer, through thanksgiving. Different lives in different situations that we may be in impacting and moving in that way. Last point I want to bring into looking in here. We're talking about proclaiming God's goodness being a peacemaker, stepping out and trusting him, right? And operating in that place of, of peace as well. Because I'm a firm believer, man, we can't give what we don't have. And that's a beautiful thing, not just of this generation, but I think in people in general, right? I feel like God has blessed us with discernment through his spirit that we're able to, to understand, say, okay, is this person just, just saying something or are they actually living this? You know, and for me, I was part of this generation where I totally didn't like when people would say, do as I say, not as I do, right? Like, they would tell me to do something, but they wouldn't live it out themselves, right? And for me, I would see that time after time again, before I came to Christ and after I came to Christ. And I was wondering, I was like, why do people do that? <laughs> like, you know, like, and again, we have the reasons and there's studies and psychology and we can't explain the answer to that. We can't, right? But the reality of it is in Christ, Right? When we as believers step in this role and, and allow God to, to, to flow through us so we can partner with him in a unique way, we can really see God move when we apply this. And the last point that I want to look at is this, is, is passing the baton. This is so important for us as believers um, that we do this. And now when I say pass the baton, I'm not just talking like, hey, everyone sign up to be a movement student leader, <laughs> like, you know, or, or everybody sign up to be in kids ministry. That's not what I'm saying. There's disciples that are needed from kids, from students, from young adults to adults. God is raising disciples and needs uh, co-labors with him to do this work that God has called us to do. And even for, our, like for me, I like to think, our mission statement as a community. We're a diverse community of good friends together doing good works, sharing the good news of Jesus. This is a way where we can pass the baton, being part, plugged into the community, not just, not just coming to the community, but actively taking a role. If it's serving in, in our uh, communications area, if it's serving in worship, if it's serving in these different areas, joining a small group, right? Connecting in home groups. Being part of a team, man, when we're actively in the service, we can allow God, we can partner with him in the mission that he wants to accomplish here in Horizon West. Like, can you imagine for a moment for us if we begin to intentionally partner with God in this way? And we said, okay, Lord, I want to walk in my inheritance as a believer. I want to see this promise that you made, this covenant that you made, that you initiated with Abraham. You said, I will make you a great nation. When you said that to him, you were thinking about Florida as well. You were thinking about me. 
and how I would be a participant in the process. So how can I partner with you, Lord, in this intentional way? You know, a lot of us, um, we look at the scriptures and we have some influential people or um, people in the Bible who just really inspire us. You know, outside of Jesus, obviously, right? Like, I feel like that is the most inspirational (laughs) individual that we can look at. Uh, But for me, uh, one individual that really inspires me, just looking at his life and considering certain things is Joshua. And I want to look at a, a few aspects of Joshua's life that just really like motivated me. And, and even as I was kind of putting this together, I was saying, wow, like these aspects. And again, like I said, we can do a series on this topic, right? Of really what does it mean to unpack all this, right? But as I was, I was looking at this, I was saying, man, there's, there's aspects of these truths that even Joshua walked out. So I was thinking about this first one, that he was there during Moses' exodus. Think about that. As a kid, right, being in captivity or young adult student, I don't know, they lived up in their late hundreds, so like, they were alive for a long time in the Old Testament. So I don't know what a young adult was or a student <laughs> in that day. Um, but he was there, right? So he's seeing, again, being in captivity and then seeing God miraculously break in for them causing these plays to, to set them free, using Moses as an instrument to, to really communicate his desire of, of, of releasing his people, seeing the, the sea part open, fire by day, cloud by night, or cloud by day, fire by night, right? All these miraculous things, he's witnessing this reality. He's beholding it, and it's just, he's just taking it all in, taking note, this is the God that I serve, right? He's not just thinking of like, oh, you know, this is the God that I serve. You know, I'm, I'm in captivity, I'm in chains. He doesn't care about me. No, he's like, wow, my God is a deliverer. My God is a savior. My God is mighty. You know, I, I can just expand on that for so long, but it's so amazing to think about, man, like this is the heart and the things that he was witnessing in his life. Second aspect is he was one of the two spies who believed that they had the promised land that God had for them. Right, so God promised them a land. Say, hey, you guys are going to inherit that land. It's all yours. So they go to see spies. Twelve spies go out. He was one of the two that said, "Oh yeah, this is this is it." Just as God said, a land flowing with milk and honey. Everyone else is like, "There's there's giants in the land. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on in that area." And these two were like, "Yeah, that's true," but also God is with us. He said He's going to make us a great nation. He said, we are, we are a holy people. He said that he's with us. His blessing is with us. We have the land. And again, there was somebody else who was in that land. So they had to step in to become peacemakers. They had to step in and trust God in the process. And lastly, passing the baton, he was, he was a faithful leader to the end of his life. And to me, this is amazing having a testimony like this. We want to look at uh, Judges chapter 2. What a testimony uh, of his life here. Judges 2, verses 6 through 8 says, Blessed when uh, Joshua dismissed the people. The people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. Like, Selah, right? As <laughs> you see that in the Psalms. Pause for a second. Like, think about that. Like, it says, The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. So as he was, he was appointed the leader of Israel, as he was leading, man, the, the, the people of God were faithful to walk out and to, to be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. 
And it continues, it says that all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who also seen the great works of the Lord, had done for Israel, they as well, we were, we were able to continue the legacy. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, like I said, died at the age of 110. Lord, come on, let that be our testimony, right? Who wants to live to 110? All right, maybe not. Okay, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, judges, and then this for me, when I first read this, this next, these next few verses, it, it rocked me to the core. And I was stirred. I was like, man, I kind of felt like I was on mission at this point. I was like, man, Lord, this, this cannot happen in my watch. Like I kind of felt this, this urgency of like not on my watch. Like not us, us as believers. Even for us, I pray that it's an encouragement for us as Horizon West that we would be a people, just as we are a, a gospel-centered community, that this would be something that just burns in us. Look, listen to this. This is wild. It says, and they buried him within the boundaries of inheritance in Tindah Hairs. I, I, forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash, and all the generations who also gathered to their fathers. And listen to this. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Right? So, you know, we don't have a community of people worshiping Baal, to our knowledge, here, here in Florida. Right? But I think that there's a reality here. And I'm looking at this, like I said, man, he was there during Moses' exodus. He beheld God's goodness and he proclaimed the works of the Lord. When the opportunity, when difficulty arises, are you going to cower or are you going to step into the promise that God has for us? Let's be peacemakers. This is our land. And he pressed forward and he believed in that. And then when he became the Israel, he's like, man, we're going to pass the baton to the next generation. We're going to continue. And it says all of Israel. And I believe that. We, we see over through scripture all the time. From, from infant to elder, right? God has called us all to disciple, to step out, and to trust. And I feel like when us as believers, when we walk in this reality, we can really see God move in our lives. I want us to kind of, as we get ready to transition to prayer, just kind of consider this, man. Before I do that, I want to share a story that my youth pastor shared with me. And again, when I heard this story, I was like, I don't want this to be my testimony. I don't want this to be my story. Similar to what we were just reading. I don't want that to be said that there was a generation in my time frame that was doing what was evil because they didn't know about the goodness of God. I want to be one who can share the truth of the Lord. And so there's this story. I try to look up the information to get the accuracy. I just like the accuracy of, of, of a story. Um, but there's this individual in his early 20s having a hard time in life, became homeless. And um, he was just continue trying to get off his feet, trying to get on his feet and get, make, it, make it better in life. And um, he just couldn't do it. He was living in his car, ended up having to get rid of his car, was living in an alleyway, literally making makeshift homes with boxes. Um, and then he just couldn't make it, couldn't provide for himself, didn't have a family, didn't have a community to really gather himself around. Ended up dying in the alleyway, homeless. Um, they found him. They were able to identify who he was. And upon further investigation, they were able to find out that this individual was an individual who inherited millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. But he had no knowledge. He had no connection. He was just there. So he died homeless, but he was a millionaire. Right? Like, I want us to think about that for a minute. We have a God who says, ask, and I will give to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. 
right? Us as believers, how are we engaging in this storyline? How are we allowing the Lord to lead us in this process? Like, I believe there's a generation who wants to know. I believe there's adults, like I said, young adults, students and kids. There's the spectrum of people who are wanting to know this reality. And even like we were singing, you are the same God. I believe this is, this is a cry that we're connected for community. We're connected. We're made to be connected with the Lord. I want to pray for a moment and just really allow this, these truths. I pray that these truths, I know that they were kind of maybe intense or, or new or just a perspective for us to step into. But I want us to really know, like, and I want to say, I want to be the first to say this. I am not, I'm kind of like Peter of like, I'm stepping out in the water, but then, hey, there's times where I'm like, oh my God, Lord, what are you doing? What's happening? You know, so I'm not going to be the first to be like, oh, I got this down, y'all. Like, you know, I got this, follow my leadership because I'm perfect. Like, totally not saying that, right? Totally not saying that. But as we journey together as a community, as we can link arms, right? And we can trust the leadership of the Lord. We can share stories. Like literally, I guarantee you, if I were to shift gears and say, hey, you know what? We're going to make this a testimonial service. And we just share different testimonies of how God broke in our lives last minute or did something amazing. We would, faith would arise in this room because we was here, God do such amazing things. And we're like, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not looking for super great people because it's him that does the work. If you have leadership, bring your leadership as an offering of worship. If you're a musician, bring your, your instrument before the Lord as an offering of worship, right? Bring the gift that you have to God and he will bless it and he will inspire and the nations will be blessed through it. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm just going to, if you want to bow your heads, I'm going to pray for a moment. And we'll continue with our service here. God, I thank you, Lord. God, you want to reveal yourself, just as we were singing earlier. You are the God. You're the same God. Lord, from Old Testament to New Testament to our Testament, Lord, you are going, you're writing a story, Lord, that will inspire generations. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be a people who would walk in our inheritance, that we would be a people that leave a legacy, Lord. God, that we would be a people that would glorify your name that truly the nations would be glorified, by, that, you, that you'd be glorified in the nations and all the earth, even here in Horizon West, Lord. God, inspire us with your, your spirit, lead us through your word, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.